everybody to the click podcast in a evolving dark space that is hard to keep up on your own we are the hub where you can traverse a dark space to get alpha and operational insights from some of the best dark operators in the space with curiosity and with pure amazing vibes dark deep dives emerging trends we cover it all with us we have a person who is considered a really efficient cog not just a cog but the heart of the uh, community in itself he kind of operates silently behind the discord and is there to kind of keep things really stable and everything without a person like this you know no amount of vibes is really going to a really impactful community with us we have coach viking who's been one of the uh, and a really amazing member of both bankless dao and polygon dao she's been heading community management for both of them and has been instrumental in setting up the dao relationship guild for bankless dao she's been a good friend of mine also and it's been a pleasure kind of having him for the show hi coach uh, how are you doing hey what's happening everybody i'm doing well how how are things over here thanks for oh. the booming intro i wasn't expecting that <laughs> hey you deserve it man it's pretty much the work that you've earned that sort of respect in the ship and being a good friend of yours i really wanted to give you that and regarding the day man stoked as ever the day is going to end uh, it's probably around uh, 8:30 in the night over here but ready to end things on a great note have with this episode with you guys i am your co-host abhishek ajit and with me is my co-host uh, abhishek sonavne hey abhishek what's up how have you been hey man how are you doing uh, i'm good hello everybody hi coach yeah so let's get things rolling coach it's amazing having you here uh, you've not done a lot of uh, podcasts or anything you've kind of been a vital cog of both uh, bankless and polygon but this is one of the few times that i really see you kind of i'm not like really known your story so do tell us coach i mean what exactly is your story and how did you kind of find dows i mean this reason why people connect to dows they all have their own internal experiences where they see this outlier bunch of people and they are able to stick so well you've kind of succeeded at that with the sort of work they are doing what is your story man i don't i don't know if i'm swimming i i think i think sinking might, might be more like it um so half the time but yeah um uh, it just it's one of those things that just kind of happens i i guess is um how to put it i don't really know how to put it other than that <laughs> i've been an entrepreneur since uh 2012 2013 uh working on paving my way i spent a lot of time in like boomerfy uh, traditional finance <laughs> i'm i'm really loving calling it boomerfy now <laughs> I I hope that one sticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tradfi was uh, pretty low now. Boomerfi is going to be the next thing now. Let's make it trend. <laughs> Go on. Let, let's let's make it trend. Yeah. Um so like I was I was doing life health insurance, uh mutual funds, private equity. And um out of all that the thing I definitely enjoyed the most was the private equity side of it. So for those who don't know, that's basically capital raising for private companies uh, companies that aren't listed on a stock exchange right now uh, so it's considered a, a riskier asset class than say sometimes even crypto um maybe crypto but uh, stocks for sure it's considered more risky and uh, heading into covid 
I was getting tired of all of the, the regulations and the golden handcuffs, as I like to call them. And uh, I got a lot of friends that are that do business loans and that kind of stuff. And they're like, hey, we're still living out here in the wild, wild west, bro. <laughs> like, why don't you why don't you come out here and 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 try selling business loans? Like it's it's not much different than what you've already been doing. And um, so yeah, I was I was starting to get in the swing of things with that and and COVID hit. Well, guess what happens when with, with all the lockdowns, nobody's open for business. That means there's no revenue. So who's gonna give a business money without any revenue? Right. And I was like, well, there's no telling how long this is going to last. Like, you know, I, I got to cover my basis. And I'm like, since I'm not really, since I don't have to look over my shoulder, wondering if the Securities Commission is going to um, hammer down on me for something that they think I'm doing or not, because I'm no longer licensed and, and associated with that. I was like, let's start learning about crypto. Let, let's see what, let's see what the buzz is about, right? <laughs> and uh like two, three weeks in, um, I had been subscribing to the Bankless podcast. And next thing you know, they're like, hey, we're starting a DAO and here's an airdrop. And I was like, what the heck is a DAO? What the heck is an airdrop? And why did I just get a pile of money transferred into my ETH wallet? And how, how do I use it? What do I do? And uh, yeah, that, that effectively sent me right down the rabbit hole. I had never, I was not familiar with Discord or anything. I jumped in there to, to see what it was about. Uh, I made connections with a couple people and I was like, well, you know, like maybe I have an opportunity to bring my like leadership development, my health coaching and, and stuff over here. Like where there's a lot of devs, there's a lot of technical people. We don't necessarily have the best postures. We're hunched over our screens all day and everything, right? Then maybe yeah, maybe there's some the opportunity here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean. yeah, that that that's essentially that's essentially what happened. And then I was looking around, I was like, well, how can I get more involved in this space? And the the airdrop setup was was botched and like there was a large portion of the community that was upset about it. But I mean, nobody likes talking about money, nobody likes dealing with money. And if something is contentious, people don't really like dealing with anything contentious either. And I was like, well, typical me fashion. If nobody wants to step up and deal with this, I'll step up and handle it myself. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember who um, I can't remember who the guy was. I ended up teaming up with, but uh, me and somebody else, we we started uh, hammering it out, collecting community feedback. We did up the proposal to fix that airdrop, and that was really the end of it. Um, from there, it turned into a conversation of how can I stay in this space? What do I need to do to be here? Because I'm not a technical person. I'm not a dev. I have none of those skills that are traditionally thought of as being in this space. So how do I how do I integrate into this world? And yeah, it's just been a snowball yeah. snowball from there. <laughs> awesome. That's pretty interesting. So uh, from that moment, like, uh, when did you start, like, really contributing to, like, uh, Bankless? How was your experience there? And then how did you kind of transition to, like, Polygon? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was not without challenge, that's for sure. And it is still very, very challenging, right? I mean, um, if you don't have a technical background, if you're not a coder, 
if you don't understand tokenomics and governance, it can be very hard to place yourself somewhere within a DAO, depending on your skill set. And sometimes you just got to be creative, right? And, and yeah. um, so it, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of friends, right? It really comes down to the connections I made in this space. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the DAO lead at Polygon DAO um, ended up turning up into a good friend, our ops lead at the Polygon DAO. Uh, a number of people at Bankless DAO in those early days. And I just started talking to people. I'm like, here's my skill sets. Here's what I'm comfortable with. Like, how do I make this work? How do I find a place to put myself? And things just kind of kept going from there. I would try something and decide it wasn't for me or didn't like the learning curve or whatever. And I would respectfully back out. I would say, hey, like, this isn't for me. And I would find somebody to replace me before I walked out of the out of the position. I'd say, hey, this person, like, they got it locked down. That's good. I yeah. need to go find something else. And then, and everybody was saying, like, everybody would tell me, well, we need leadership development. We need this. We need that. But, I, but where? How? There's no roles that really describe that. And in like last year when I started in DAOs, talking like leadership was still kind of a taboo word. People were like, ooh, centralization. We don't want it. Like, get out of here. <laughs> Like it was very interesting and community management just ended up being something that formed, right? We saw that like, you know, maybe there were conflicts within the community that weren't getting addressed and different things. And yeah, it's just, I started building out that, I started building out, um, trying to build out that role in Bankless anyways. And then when I found out about this time last year that Polygon wanted to decentralize the ecosystem, and that they were accepting applications for the Genesis team for the DAO. I just kind of laughed at myself and shrugged. And I was like, you know, what do I got to lose? I've only been in the space for like six, seven months now. Um, I still haven't found my footing, but like maybe like if I, I know the group of people that I'm with are good. I know they're helpful. And I know that if we just keep the communication and everything going, uh, we could find something that's going to work. And so we kept talking, we kept communicating. A few months went by. I hopped on the on the call where they just wanted, where they outlined all of the expectations and, and what they wanted to do, uh, make sure it's something that we could afford to do. And because I was doing so, um, because of my work with relationships and, and what I was doing, um, trying to build a map out for community management, just seemed like a no-brainer to settle me into uh, being the lead community manager, and yeah, things have been things have been going well. Awesome, that that's quite the story, uh, Coach. So, uh, from your experience working at both these places, how do you find these community structures fundamentally differ? Like, what do you see are like the differences between, uh, say, like a bankless DAO and the Polygon DAO? Like what are like the fundamental differences there? That's the classic conversation of centralization versus decentralization, right? <laughs> and yeah. they both have their strengths and their merit, but they're not without their own frustrations as well, right? So mm -hmm. like a decentralized community like Bankless, it's great because you can plug people in all day long. And if you plug somebody in somewhere, it's not a good fit for them. They don't like it for whatever reason. And 
sometimes they ghost, which sucks because <laughs> it, it leaves you hanging. Um, sometimes they let you know they're leaving, but you also lack where, where you have the volume and the helping hands available and more of a decentralized community. What you often end up lacking is accountability, support, and quality of work, right? You don't really, you don't really have anything that you can assess the quality of the work going out. And I mean, there's yeah. a lot of examples of that. Uh, I won't get into too many details. On the centralized side, it's like every everything is flipped. It's you, you got to go through an application process, a resume process, a hiring process, a very traditional looking looking process in terms of like getting community members plugged in within a centralized environment. It it doesn't happen unless the quality of work is at the bare minimum where it needs to be so that it can be built off of maybe a little bit behind, right? Like we do mm -hmm. like to to coach and train when we have capacity, but we don't always have that capacity uh, in ultra growth startups, right? And yeah. you, sometimes you're just growing too fast. So yeah, it's, it they they definitely have their their own challenges and their own strengths, and it's it's interesting <laughs> to see how yeah. both of those different uh, modalities of operating are are evolving. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So I was just kind of wondering how uh, the structure would look like wherein we could get like a hybrid of this uh, centralization and decentralization. So have you ever given it a thought like how can I take some of the merits of uh, say decentralized system and apply it over on centralized one and have the merits of centralized one and decentralized one, for example, uh, having like a support wherein people don't uh, you know just abruptly leave so have you ever given some a structure like that a thought to a degree because there there's only so much that we can control to do right when, when things are centralized it, it could be a very bureaucratic process to get anything done um and mm -hmm. it's also the same on decentralized because if you're too decentralized you just you can reach a point where there's no consensus within the community and you get gridlocked. There's a lot of examples out mm -hmm. there. Uh, Harmony is a good example. I mean, Binance is their biggest stakeholder. They never vote. The chain is stalled out. Mm -hmm. um, the growth, a lot of the projects over there are complaining. It's a, it's, it's a very sad situation, right? Yeah. And it's not, it, it impacts us all across the space negatively. But what we can do is it really starts with how we're structuring our teams and, and how we're giving people autonomy, right? And in my mind, I have failed as a leader if I'm the only one that is capable of doing my job, of performing my function. Like if I'm the only one that can do what I do, I failed. There goes my personal life. There goes my social life. There goes my traveling. There goes so much just because everything is relying on me to keep the ship afloat. So the way that in a centralized environment, how I mitigate that is by following the, the principles of a decentralized command, which is a concept uh, from Jocko Willink in his extreme ownership thing, in his extreme ownership book and, and his leadership development. And that's like, give people the autonomy that fits within their skill set, their knowledge, their, their capabilities, right? And, and give them that responsibility. And you could slowly cross-train people to do everything, right? 
it might start off with like maybe writing a blog post here or there. It might start off with managing a calendar. Uh, who knows what that looks like, but you can give members of your team the autonomy to make certain decisions and put certain things together and have that communication or that knowledge flow, um, as I call it, up and down the chain of command, right? So instead of having an exclusively top-down approach where everything is mandated or a bottom-up approach where it's like, hey, let's hope that these proposals pass and every idea is a good idea, um, I guess that is one way of, of combining the two that <laughs> I think about it. It makes a lot of sense uh, that way when you put it. So I, I was just wondering that there has been like a trend that has been growing in the industry wherein people are having like too many calls within the community which is not leading to like impact work. What do you say, what is the right balance between meetings and like working async? How can communities do this the best way? I've, I've been ranting about that since the beginning of my bank listing days. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen their calendar, <laughs> but their SeshBot has like seven, eight pages of calendar events. Oh like, my God, yeah. <laughs> it's The most confusing yeah, it's, it's, Discord ever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like unless you know exactly what you're looking for, you have somebody. Yeah, that that could be hard. I am call adverse. I don't like calls. And sometimes it's a little embarrassing sharing my calendar link because it looks like I do nothing all day. <laughs> There's a lot of <laughs> white space in there. But um, I, I'm call adverse. I find that the majority of things we can do can be handled async. I don't agree with, with call and, and note space work. And the reason that that is, is, is we're all international, right? Like you guys are here at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. I'm here at 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, sometimes the times don't always work out that nicely. Sometimes it's like it's 1.30 in the morning somewhere, or 10.30 somewhere else, right? But async does have some shortfalls depending on people's um, literacy, their, their ability to read and comprehend or work that way. Um, sometimes you you need calls. So in my opinion, anyways, calls are just an a, on an as-needed basis. That's, that, that's how it should be. My teams, like in, in terms of keeping the DAO synced, I'm a fan of like a monthly sort of all-hands type call uh, where everybody, like where all the teams can come, share what they're working on, share what they're struggling with, and we can just find ways to work closer together and and support each other. For team calls, I mean, it It really depends. In a bull market, when things are, are busy and, and we don't know heads from tails, it can be nice to have the weekly meetings as long as they're being productive. Uh, but for the most part, like I'm, I prefer working async across the async across the board. That's just easiest. We can come and go at our convenience, and yeah, and if a call is needed, we just hop on. I kind of agree that you know. A lot of the communities kind of have too many calls that just make it kind of eats up your mind space. But, but at the same time, you take a look at certain bunch of people, right? Uh, it depends on the sort of teams that you have in the first place. Some people, they really understand what's going on when they listen and when they're uh, immersed in the call, you know. Uh, but at the same time, uh, when you are dealing with a lot of responsibilities and things like that, and you're the sort of person that should be able to revert back to something. So going async and seeing those uh, those notes really goes a long way. So what are your thoughts on 
on this approach where communities or teams should first kind of assess what sort of team do they have uh, this is something you kind of iterate by understanding your teams in general and you kind of figure out uh, this person you know is able to learn well when he's in a call he vibes with the team accordingly there are some people that kind of do async and uh, depending on the proportion of the team that's there you kind of go for async or calls uh, what are your thoughts on that yeah there's a few different conversations there the the main one uh, is like meet people where they are right if somebody's more comfortable operating a certain way i mean this is the dao set yourself up for success it's it's that simple nobody's going to do something for you to make you successful like it's up to us to manage our own time our own schedule and to set things up in a way that that works for our style and that's the beautiful thing about DAOs is nobody could take that away from us and we are empowered to to find the style and the systems that work for us uh, i found in decentralized communities, you don't have the luxury of really picking and choosing who's on your team. People just come and go. You you get the hand that you're dealt and, and you have to work with it. The world still very works very much like it does traditionally. If you're not pulling your weight or you're struggling, people do get left behind because we're, we're moving so fast. We just, we, we don't have that that capacity necessarily, right? How to bridge that gap? I don't know. Um, in terms of figuring out like what goes where or what goes to who, I follow the I follow ADSD, which is automate, delegate, systematize, and delete. And that that's always that's always my way like of looking at things, preferably automate it, like especially when it comes to like data entry and, and redundant tasks. Like all day long, let's get that automated. Nobody wants to be working on minimum minimum wage tasks all day. I, I did business process automation for a while, a few years before COVID, and that was a big one. And I feel bad because I probably put a lot of people out of work by automating the amount of jobs. But the the people who were around were a lot more happy because there was a lot less redundancy. There was a lot less repetitiveness and things just flowed a lot more smoothly. Um, delegate. Absolutely. If you're going to delegate something, you need to know what your team's strengths and weaknesses is, whether you have a one-on-one -on -one with some, like one-on-one -on -one is the quickest way um, to be able to figure that out. And it doesn't have to be a call. I mean, I've got people I work with async and basically I wake up to DMs from them and they wake up to DMs from me because that's when we're available. And we just have running conversations based on on when we're awake and it might be a little bit slower but like it does work um systematization i mean we if we're not documenting our processes if we're not keeping track of what's going on we're, we're going to stall out we're going to crash and burn so uh, the next thing is like looking at the the systematization the processes that we're using and well, if something just doesn't fit, it's not working or it's not getting the results you want, just delete it. See you later. We don't need to focus on it anymore. Let's put that capacity somewhere else. And uh, just kind of reverting back, you know, the sort of community that exists right now, I mean, based on your experience, I mean, we, I understand that this approach of understanding your team and getting this async and, and the calls aspect tailored for the community, that's the way to go. But judging from your experience itself, you kind of feel that, you know, kind of setting up these async and having 
customized contributor related uh, uh, like async or call sync, the kind of work. I mean, what's been your experience with the community so far? If a community manager has to kind of deal with the contributor base as is, um, going async would be the right approach to do? It's a mixed bag and there is no one way that's, that's always gonna work, right? Yeah. It, it, just, it depends on so many factors. And quite often uh, also like just the state of the market with things, with things are going on, right? I don't really have a, a hard and, and a fast answer from that because like even thinking about thinking back to to places where I'm involved, like it might work this month, but it might not work next month, but then it might start working again. It just it really depends on like I guess the season that, that the DAO is in and, and what needs to happen, right? We gotta be like Gumby. We gotta be flexible like Gumby one way or another. As soon as we start getting rigid and saying like, this is the one way to do it. We've now pegged herself with tradi as tradition, as a traditional corporation. And we all know where that ends up. Right. So, yeah. I think that's fair. One thing that uh, one of your comments really caught my attention and that was uh, the communities have, you have to kind of adapt to the state of the market itself. You know, how do communities uh, operate as per state of the market? And uh, like, for example, you kind of, worked with bankless and polygon to kind of have their own token and during a bull market you know the entire hysteria is kind of massive the whole interest will be kind of pretty high but in a bear market it might tend to be a little low so how do you as a uh, from a community management standpoint what are the trends you've seen with the community and how do you kind of bring in that sort of working style that kind of takes them through the way that's a good question during the bull markets, I mean, everybody wants to contribute. Everybody wants to be engaged. We get swamped with requests from people who want to contribute or build something or, or want to get plugged in. Like it, it's, it's just nonstop, right? In a bear market, what I like, what I'm seeing through this bear, I guess this is technically my first bear market. So I might not be the best one to ask. I've only been in the space, right? Since like last year when Bankless Town started. But um, in the bear market, like what I'm noticing this time around, like it's it's mostly just core contributors around at this point, right? And the core contributors are are swamps and maybe on the verge of burning out. The contributors, the support, the the moon boys, all of that, like they're they're gone. It's it's quiet. Um, there's really nothing. I don't think there's much we can do. Like I mean. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink, right? It's, I think, especially like in the times that we're going through now, you just got to keep your head up and keep pushing through, work on that positive self-talk and whatever you need to do to help you get through the day. Because it can be pretty demotivating for community managers if like the community is quiet for like a day or two, it's kind of like, well, what's the point? <laughs> like, what am I doing here? What's, what is my function? What's What's my purpose? Nobody needs me. Like I would say it comes down to the strength of the community in, in the bull markets, right? When things are going good, what are you doing to retain people? What are you doing to keep them happy? Like Polygon, their community is still buzzing. Discord may be dead, but the community is still promoting. The chain is still growing. They're still lining up partnerships across the board. I mean, there's, there's over 600 um, job openings on our job board um, across about 125 different projects within our ecosystem, right? That's so there's still a lot insane. going on. 
yeah, like there's still a lot growing on. The, the space is still booming, but I think the quality of the contributor in, in, in these markets that are showing up is, is a lot higher. We just have um, less volume of people around right now. And that kind of leads to a very interesting thing. You, know, you mentioned that uh, during the bull market, the entire uh, eagerness to kind of contribute is high. And during the bear market, when things get tough, you kind of have the core contributors just, uh, you know, really grinding it out uh, to take the community through. Uh, this kind of becomes a real challenge for core contributors who, when, uh, you know, it becomes a mental strain and um, they don't know what to do at times, you know. And the whole DAO aspect itself has kind of grown in as an antithesis to the sort of corporate culture that we've seen itself. You know, we wanted to make this whole thing humane itself. So my question is, you know, should DAOs be oriented to promote and systemize some sort of work-life balance for core contributors itself? Is that something that should be ingrained? The way we see it's like uh, we've kind of built an entire system where uh, it's kind of easy to kind of work together as a global unit but then this aspect of bringing in work-life balance is that something that can bring in that sort of motivation for the contributor base in a sustainable way irrespective of bull or bear market what are your thoughts on that one uh, yeah absolutely we it definitely needs to be a focus i mean like i would be lying if i said i've been in the space without burning out uh, last year and like there there three, four times last year, I, I overcommitted. I was involved in too much and I, I just burnt out. It happens. It, it took me a lot to like, especially when we're new in the space, we need to learn our boundaries. We need to learn that it is okay to say no. Somebody wants to, you to attend a call at midnight, one in the morning, say no. <laughs> if they want to work with you, they need to meet you where you are. It's that simple. It is kind of like a corporate thing, but like burning yourself out for the sake of whatever carrot is on a stick in front of you does no good. How to mitigate that? I mean, there's a number of ways to go about doing it. Um, you can encourage out of office reminders, right? Whether that's a channel somewhere or like a team calendar or something. You can have um, a, some sort of a system set up for out-of-office reminders. Uh, I haven't heard too much on this front in a while. I, it was starting to pick up steam last year. I'm not sure what's happening anymore. But uh, one thing I would like to see more DAOs incorporate is something to do, something along the lines of like membership benefits or membership perks or something like that. Um, especially for the DAOs where you have to have some sort of token, meet some sort of token requirements or NFT requirements or something. Like what what type of perks are there for being a member? Or like maybe there's a life or a health coach or something that, that can help with posture and help with breathing or um, different aspects of, of stress or uh, maybe like mental health calls or something every now and then. But yeah, we need to... We definitely do need to find more ways to promote the, the health and the self-care of our members. But there are some, I don't, I, I'm not sure the communities that are doing it versus that aren't, but 
yeah, that, that's something I would like to see happen. I think uh, FWB kind of did an experiment. Uh, I'm not sure how that's turned out where uh, they've tried to bring in some sort of insurance in collaboration with, um, uh, I think, Utopia Labs, I guess. I think that that's something I'm not sure how it's panned out. Uh, and on the other hand, Opolis is kind of trying to make an employment commons where it's becoming easier to get that sort of life insurance. I think uh, Jaris from Bankless also, I mean, from Bankless is kind of uh, looking forward to being a member himself over there at some point. Uh, but you kind of raised a good point there that uh, uh, I feel that I'm totally on tandem with you on this point that uh, having uh, meaningless NFTs as a member badge does not go anywhere. If you kind of have these sort of perks coming in, it kind of goes a long way to boost that sort of motivation in spite of uh, whatever is the challenge that's going on. I mean, if you really want to uh, uphold the ideal that, that's in the community nowadays, that DAOs are nation states, then having these sort of member perks would go a long way to boost that. I mean, uh, I mean, if you consider DAOs and nation states, we take the analogy of nation states, why would you want, why would someone from India would want to go to a place like Sweden or Finland? It's because uh, being a citizen over there and that entitles you to a lot of perks that's not available in your country. I, or if, uh, you know, you're kind of looking out for some sort of tax haven, the US is certainly not the best place to do it. So in that sense, you know, you kind of have uh, that sort of perks being a membership NFT that makes total sense. And when you boil it down to the uh, community itself, allowing for that sort of motivation to be a common thing, I think uh, it has to be a natural thing. But the question is, see, even when the core contributors are kind of going through their own motions at the time, you know, motivation comes, especially when you're a DAO and uh, the community is so dynamic, it tends to come from these very unexpected places. So uh, how do you as a community manager facilitate that sort of leadership to encourage that sort of um, motivation or that sort of actions from these community itself. You kind of interface with so many members and things like that. How you stand up as a community um, community manager goes a long way with these people. How do you uh, facilitate that sort of initiative? How do you allow for that sort of leadership to grow and make these fringe, you know, or someone who's like a lurker to become a real solid team player? Tricky one. I mean, I think at the end of the day, people are people and 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 people are going to do what they want to do, right? Uh, in the example of the lurker that's sitting on the sidelines, I, I don't do anything. And like, I don't. And it, it's, it's, it's sad to say, but they're why I burnt out last year, right? That That's one of the many reasons I burnt out. It could take somebody two weeks to feel comfortable jumping in. It could take somebody six months. And I'm sorry, but holding somebody's hand for six months, I'm not a babysitter. I'm not your parent. I like that. That's, that's not my job, right? There, there comes a time where people need to take ownership and accountability over their own lives and their own actions. And if it's, if it's, if, if they're not comfortable doing it, 
or if it's not something that they're not willing to do, I just leave them alone. Like <laughs> work your, like it's I'm serious, like work your process, do what you got to do. Like it's, it's not my life. It's yours. I'm, I'm not a dictator. I'm not your boss. I'm not your parent. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life, but like I can guide you towards things that are going to help. Right. Um, people who show up and they say they don't know where, how to contribute. Well, what are you passionate about? Like, what are your three P's? Passions, purpose, principles, right? If you know what you're passionate about, if you know what you're principled about, if you know what your, your purpose for this stage of your life is, find some, find something, whether it doesn't have to be a DAO, it could be a position, it could be a team. It could be any a number of things, but whatever it is, find something that is aligned with that. And when you find the thing that is aligned with that, it'll be a no-brainer. And whoever I'm talking, like, they'll be like, you find that, it's a no-brainer. You'll just, you'll just naturally jump in because that's your zone. That's where you're comfortable. But if you're not comfortable and, and you're that part of your zone, like it's it's essentially a waste of everybody's time to be trying to get somebody to do something. So like, I just don't, um, for the people who know and, and they understand, like I, I will do everything that I can to, to facilitate it. Right. If it's, if it's more of a decentralized, if it's more of a decentralized community, um, and I have a good pulse on the community, I'll either direct them to where they need to be, or I'll turn to somebody that I trust within the community and set up an introduction to help get the person the rest of the way, right? But yeah, for, yeah. So it, like, it, it just, again, it, it just really depends. But I mean, we've all been there, we've all done it. We've all broke our backs and invested a lot of time. And by investing that time, we've sacrificed a lot, right? We've given, we've, we've, we've faced a huge opportunity cost and it it's gone nowhere so that's like my advice for the people that that are lurking and that like want to know like what do you like find your three p's and find either a team or a DAO that's aligned with that and you'll be able to get plugged in if there's something for you to do and you're aligned with the team right um, and something that's more centralized it's the flip side of the coin well this is your skill set there is a position on the job board go through the process <laughs> man i'm going to think twice before i make you my fitness coach that's for sure <laughs> blood as ever but yeah but fantastic advice by the way you know you kind of you you kind of got burnt out before you try because you really tried to uh, get the lurkers on board so pretty solid advice you know don't i mean you can try to convert the lurkers but you got to double down on the people who are showing some interest and uh, they'll go all the way with you and ensuring that each member has a three piece set you can kind of have this personal uh, the sort of personal willingness to contribute go a long way but then it gets me thinking you know sometimes when you're contributing to so many DAOs, you know come on who actually knows uh, what their how set their life is i mean no one's kind of introspected the way you do about uh, how your life should be. Now, my question is when you set foot into a Discord or a community, the sort of community that exists, it kind of vibes on the three Ps that you're talking about, passion, principles, and uh, purpose. 
and my question here is do should the community exude the three p so much and kind of put it out there so much so that it automatically weeds out the people that comes into the community in the first place and it makes life easier to kind of get the right community members on board has the communities you've worked with done a good job of putting the three p's out there that aligns with the, a personal community members three p's uh, what are your thoughts on that yeah absolutely i mean you could chalk that right up to core value alignment and and that's huge right uh, we all like we need some sort of a north star or a guiding light or whatever you want to call it and that can be an effective way to to get it started for sure but it, it only goes so far right traditional like traditional executive coaching it used to be all about like mission vision values um the, that core value alignment and putting that out but like even traditionally we're learning like it's that we're we're no longer like we, we've moved out of the information age to we're now in the ex, in the exponential age and in the exponential age i mean everybody all of the top tier organizations and contributors have some sort of a value alignment there's nothing special about that anymore so what a lot of us to the space are trying to figure out is like well what's next what how can we position things differently like it was great that model that mental model used to work but covid and the exponential age derailed that so how can we like i don't know i think about that often where where can we go from there how can we create that alignment right and quite often it really comes down to the people on the front lines the the people who are active and engaged the most in the servers and uh, another cur- curious thing that i ask is because you know how the co- i mean you interface with so many people you tend to know the pulse of the community that's working there the community puts out a brand identity they have an expectation of how the community uh, should be when it comes to core values but the com- uh, but it's uh, it's only when you iterate that you're able to know that that how the community is kind of reacting to that but you're on the front lines and you're kind of interfacing with these people and you know what's going on with the core values of the community that interfaces do you have that sort of communication between you uh, the cms and uh, the ones that kind of runs operations or the branding uh, do you have these sort of calls that uh, how do community management you know how does a community manager bridge that gap better you know i mean uh, what how's your experience been handling these things really depends on the season and what's going on 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 how my experience has been right but the more that the more that you can like i would suggest and like i i probably i probably beat this drum quite a bit but the the culture of the the community starts with the team right it starts with your core contributors and and it filters down from there so i tend to i tend to do a lot above and beyond my quote unquote job description for that like uh it probably is an operations thing or something else to be running an all hands call every month but i'm the one who coordinates it and i'm the one that does it cuz i want to see everybody being brought together right okay um, that's where to go i do yeah and i mean the concept of async work is still very foreign to a lot of us so 
quite often the weekly calls are are still a thing. So from there, I tend to uh, hop on like other team leads calls, right? Uh, I've enjoyed like, I am the worst, like look at my track, my track record, trying to start up my own businesses. I suck at sales and marketing. <laughs> I have failed every <laughs> single time, but I enjoy being on the marketing team call, even though it's not my world, but I can provide that insight that, that we're picking up from the community to help uh, make different decisions, right? So the way that it the way that it works for me is the the community managers are expected to be um, drumming up that sentiment, finding the trends, and doing that kind of stuff, and reporting it back to me, so that I can package it in a way that provides solutions um, to work with the other teams. That's generally the way that I have it structured. Um, right now, I'm running a very lean team. I mean, there's only two other community managers with me. So I do spend a lot of time in my waking hours within the community as well. And um, the next big thing as as team lead that I'm going to have to tackle is like what constitutes um, information that needs to be documented, uh, documented or documented. Like what what information is critical to flow to the other teams, and what is just kind of whatever it's our thing we'll deal with it on our own yeah there, there's still a lot of work to do but again there's no one way to do things right so it's just try it and if it doesn't work or it's not getting the right results either rebuild it or pivot i think uh that's perfectly fair you know you kind of as um the frontline people you gotta exude that sort of sentiment and you gotta be around and document it as much as you can to allow for um, the right sort of the sentiment to be grown among the community. I also feel that the people who kind of run branding, who uh, who are at the top, you know, in terms of uh, hierarchy, should also kind of participate in these sort of calls to understand what's going on at the ground with uh, the community managers also, so that they understand exactly what's the sentiment with the community. Too many times we we kind of see that uh, there's a disconnect between uh, what's going on with those who handle brand branding and marketing and what's going on with the core community side of things. So it may not be um, a major thing, but at some point, those who are part of the core team and core contributors should kind of be involved throughout whatever is happening with the DAO at, at some point just to figure out what's going on with the community. Uh, I think that's kind of a very good way to do it. When you talk, look at Web2 itself, some of the best businesses in um, globally, they work out very well because uh, the core team is so tuned to what's going on uh, with the ground that way. And that kind of uh, allows you to stay evolving with the time as well. With that regard, uh, coach, um, you've been, uh, what to say, you've been the Genesis member and of uh, both Bankless and Polygon. You've kind of seen a lot of communities kind of uh, emerge and grow along the way. What are the communities that you look up to as uh, really well-managed our communities and which communities do you see will kill it um, in a couple of years down the line? I mean, really make the paradigm shift. Time, time will tell. I'm not going to throw any eggs in, in, in any basket. NFA, okay, um, I'm putting it out there. NFA, non-financial advice. Please give us the alpha coach. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting myself in a position to be picking favorites. I'm staying neutral. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I mean, come on, coach. I thought you were going to get some alpha out of you, but okay. Uh, that's a good way of doing things. Uh, personally, I'm a big fan of how uh, you've maintained the Polygon DAO Discord. I think uh, there's a lot of scope for people to contribute also, but then... Um, it's not uh, you gotta like really make an impact to kind of stick around and be part of the team that way. The sort of uh, ease with which you've kind of brought in the disciples and you allow for people to kind of uh, bring in that sort of to experience it all and uh, you've done a fantastic job that way. You're very accessible to talk to. Sometimes CMs are not that way. they they either cut off DMs and it's just not very accessible and doesn't work that way. So in that sense, you've done kind of done, done a phenomenal job that way. Abhishek, what are the other communities that you've seen uh, are kind of pretty well managed? Yeah, man. Uh, just on top of my head, I can think about Seed Club. I mean, they have it pretty well. And then after that, Arenda. Uh, so since we recently spoke with Daniel, I did get a chance to check out Aryan and shout out to Aryan really very well managed yeah and uh, lastly if i just uh, kind of think about it uh, i have been a big fan of deep work studios like i really like their community how their discord has been managed andre is super accessible so shout out to deep work too so if i had to kind of uh, have my top three names then they are going to be the ones <laughs> yeah yeah man Fantastic neutrality right there, the boy. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a page or two from uh, coach's uh, playbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in that regard, it's been an amazing conversation, coach. We've really enjoyed uh, having these insights. You've been brutal. Not uh, just straightforward, you've been brutal as ever. It's been amazing having this conversation with you. I think uh, with with respect to community management insights, people should look up to you, but they should think a bit before they get you on board as a personal <laughs> coach, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm definitely not everybody's shot at tequila, and I, I don't want to be. <laughs> I can be an acquired taste for some people. <laughs> uh, but success is going to be a guarantee, that's for sure. You've done a phenomenal job traversing these two communities. It's been a pleasure talking to you. How can people follow you and uh, be a part of your journey? How can they uh, contribute to Bankless and Polygon? Please let us know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my Twitter, probably the best place, is Coach Viking. Um, there's no vowels in Viking. It's just B-K-N-G. I didn't want it to be a long, drawn, <laughs> drawn out handle. Um, so there's that. Getting plugged in is in, in at Bankless. I mean, if... Uh, we understand that the 35,000 bank can be cost prohibitive to some people. So there is a guest pass system there. Um, they've got mentorships and all sorts of different programs there uh, to facilitate that. Pretty much anybody in the Get Involved channel can help out with that. With Polygon, I mean, just just hop in the server, um, show up and just start doing stuff. Um, I can't remember who it was. I would have to find the tweet. Uh, one of our contributors a couple weeks back wrote up, uh, did a long form blog post on uh, how they became one of our content writers. And he just 
he showed up. I, I think he was, I think he was hanging out in the community with me since Genesis. And uh, he just kept pushing out blog content and this, that, the other thing. And eventually it was decided that the quality of work meets our standards. So he was brought on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he wrote a blog post about that. I could try and dig that up and share it. But, um, or just, I mean, use the job board. <laughs> that, that, I think, I, I am so glad that job boards are getting embraced now in the space. Because last year when I started, you could be volunteering for two weeks or six months or more before you see a paycheck. And it really depended on really whether or not people like your quality of work and how much you're, you're giving, right? If you're not given a lot and you don't have a, a good quality of work, that could take six plus months. Now with the job boards, it makes it a lot easier for a DAO to vet contributors to see who people are. Um, yeah. So there's definitely no shortage of ways to get plugged in. If you're like me and you're like, hey, I'm not a technical person and I have no skills, uh, uh, no valuable skills to add to this space, I'm going to say that you're a BSer and maybe send me a DM <laughs> and there's, there's something you could do. I was, I was actually joking with one of my community managers yesterday. I dropped a note in the general chat and um, just encouraging people to keep keep building. And my community manager was like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm useless. I have no skills. I'm not a techie. And I'm like, well, that's why we're community managers and not marketers. Or devs. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need those skills. We found somewhere for our skills. So why are we beating ourselves up? <laughs> but uh, community without community managers, you can't go anywhere. That's for sure. It's, it's a, it is a skill of its own to deal with uh, all sorts of people that way. And with that regard, um, thank you so much for coming on board. Uh, listeners, stay tuned for the next episode. We have someone very special coming in from Polygon DAO, just like my man coach Viking over here. And uh, follow us on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. I think coach really deserves this uh, for the phenomenal talk he's given. And see you, man.